Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Josh B. Unix, and today we have a lot to cover. Because if no one's made aware by now, Tomorrow is the NBA Draft, and you know what that means. I will be glued to my computer beyond 3 o'clock, so about 3.34 o'clock, I will be glued to my computer. But you know what that means. That means our official mock drafts are coming out now through social media and through the podcast. I know I uh, mentioned in... Yesterday's podcast episode, last episode, first one in a long time, that I would be breaking down each player, or if I've not mentioned that, I'm going to. I'm going to do that on Thursday, and I'm going to do that for the site for social media, because this way it's not crammed into one podcast episode the day before, but the day of, it's pretty interesting, because this one's a little more unique. Whereas the last, the past two drafts, or really all of them, you know who's going number one, number two, maybe number three. But you definitely know who's going number one, number two. We're actually going to be discussing about that, who's going number one. One of the hottest topics out there that's not revolving around trades or um, fragency of any kind. But yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. This summer's going to be jam-packed. Um... I'm going to be getting into the Cam Johnson news, and news, and revolving issues with the Suns. Actually, it's going to be our leading segment. That's going to be our leading thing, breaking us into recapping news of the day. I've had some heated uh, takes on that. I've had some interesting opinions on it. Right, I've been scouring the internet. I, I don't know why I do this, but I check whatever people have to say on Twitter because I actually care. I don't know why I do, but I do because I'm either a guy that's bored or wants to hear some of the good take. Either way, I see what's going on. I see, whoa, why is Cam Johnson trending under AIM or next AIM or, or what's happening? And I like what's happening section. So I pretty much discussed that yesterday morning or afternoon wherever you guys are located, just looking at what, this is some, this came from according to ESPN's Jonathan Gignani, I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce your, his last name correct, uh, my apologies, but to be honest, I've never heard of this guy before, but hey, you got a job with ESPN, that's huge, right, that means you're somewhat good, or you're good. They're willing to hire you. That's a great first step. I'm sorry, I just never heard of this guy. I'll have to look him up. But this is just a rumor that is not going anywhere. 
Because there's actually guys close to the Suns that said it was flat out. And it's just flat out wrong. Like, there's nothing behind it. But we're going to get to that in a bit. I have really talked about that, like, a lot. And when I mean a lot, a lot, I mean a lot, a lot. Because I've had, like, several tweets on that. Like, since yesterday morning, I was talking about it. But we're also going to be talking about teams creating space to try to trade for Jalen Brunson or, or go after him in the free agency market. We're also trying, we're, not trying, we're also going to be seeing uh, different draft news come up, free news, guys you wouldn't expect to hear, and stuff like that. I hope that made sense. It'll all come together very soon. At least I hope it will be. This is also going to be a very long podcast episode because I have, like, no water. No, I'm not complaining, but water's always nice. But, anyways, let's jump back into this because it wouldn't be a day without the Suns creating some sort of head-on. Not even can you. So, per ESPN, per Jonathan, I'm sorry, I cannot say your last name, I'm not going to botch it because I'm just not. But it was per ESPN, it was per Jonathan, right? And news was circling earlier yesterday morning that Cam Johnson could be traded. Now, should Cam Johnson be trading? No. Trending? No. Should he be traded? No. There's my short answer, but here I'm gonna I'm gonna play it out in everyone's head in case they missed it. Um so per ESPN, this was a rumor, complete rumor. The Suns are among the teams interested in acquiring the number eight pick from the New Orleans Pelicans in the twenty twenty two NBA draft and ugh, and could include Quote, a player like Cameron Johnson in order to free up salary cap flexibility, end quote, the re-sign aim. Hmm. So, to sum this up, let me just sum this up from a from an NBA standpoint, from a Suns fan standpoint, and just of a guy that knows what the heck is going on. This this would be a very big mistake because, look, if you're considering moving Cam Johnson because it will be a tax relief to retain DeAndre, that would be the biggest mistake that this franchise could make this offseason because if they have a mentality like that, that tells you what what you have in store for this offseason, for the draft, just everything, right? And then for next season. Look, this should not be a mentality of uh, Cameron, it's either Cameron Johnson or DeAndre. It should never be a come between, it's either this player or that player. Now, sometimes you have to make it that way. But the first thing you have to realize is that it does not have to be this mentality of trying to avoid the luxury tax. Take, take for example, LA teams. Like the Warriors. Or just California teams, rather. You have like the Warriors, you have the Lakers, you have the Clippers. They spend money. They ain't afraid of the electric tax. They ain't afraid of having to spend more money. Why? Because they want to win championships. They want to improve their team, keep the core intact. 
They want to keep everyone together. And when you have a mentality rumored to be spurring off this interesting, what I call, from my opinion, a false rumor, but nonetheless a compelling rumor, they, they're spurring off this mentality that it's either this guy or it's either this guy. You can't have both. And it's really strange when you think about it. And the Suns, Robert Sarver, majority owner of the Phoenix Suns, um, was always big about the electric tax, and I wanted to spend it. That's what I got. Now, I've never personally talked to the man. I don't think I ever will in my life because I, 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 I'm not having that kind of status. Plus, I don't think he's interested in talking to anyone. I don't know. Unless it has to do with his own organization, I do not know. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The Suns were apprehensive about giving DA the max. That that's that's been it for the past two off seasons. For the past two seasons, I'm not gonna say off seasons because no one's really. It was a prove year, right? For this season, it was a prove. And it was trying to feel out who he was during the regular season and postseason. But now you had two seasons to mold over. You had one season say, look, he's doing well. He's getting, he's incrementally improving. He's, he's a young player that's improving each season and becoming better. Now, I trust our general manager, James Jones, 100%. I won't, I won't discredit him if he trades away DeAndre. I believe he knows what he's doing. Majority, if not all, of his trades and free agent signings have gone beautifully. Have gone without fail. I.e., for example, the Chris Paul trade. That was a very good trade. He got Chris Paul for like a bag of chips and some money, pretty much. What was it, like Tyra Johnson? It was like Tyra Johnson or something. I don't know who it was, but it was some no-name guy. Sorry. Just known some no-name guy. Just no-name guy. But here's the thing. You either want to keep your core... You either keep core pairs players by paying them. If you don't want a core player like anything, you trade him. Because the biggest thing, and I'm going to keep saying it, the biggest thing this franchise has to get over is luxury tax. You can't avoid it. I actually read something where, I think it was a tweet, I'm pretty sure it was a tweet, that whether you kept Johnson or not, let's say you got rid of Johnson, it's not a part of it anymore. He's not affecting you financially. You'll be closer to the luxury tax than where you were before if you kept Johnson if you resign Aiden, if you kept DeAndre Aiden, you wouldn't be moving the new. You would not be moving the scale. You won't be tipping it your way. You actually just keep the A. It'll be there. You you'll still be in that tax territory, even without Cam. Please, somebody, explain to me why we need to be having. This conversation of having, is there got to be this part? Is there got to be this part? Like, it doesn't have to be. I want to keep Aang. But I don't want to get rid of a player 
that is going to be a fantastic shooter very soon and giving him and teams been giving him solid minutes. Why can't we give them both? Personally, I think something's going on. James Jones knows what he's doing. And I've been having many spirited conversations about this uh, publicly and privately where people don't understand, where people don't want to understand because it's idiotic in the first place, right? And people are right when people say we already have a young proven player in camp. Why do we want to give that up? Why in the world would we want to do that? Because here's the thing. This is a draft week rumor to stir the waters because no way on, on this green world do we see James Jones moving on from Cam. For what? An eighth pick? From an eighth pick. Here. Here, 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 look, I'm trying to find this thing. Yeah, they acquired an eighth pick from the New Orleans Pelicans. Look, um, you can get guys for that, right? You can get guys in the draft that could be the, um, Keegan Murray. That could be Johnny Davis. That could be Shadon Sharp. That could be Ty Ty Washington. I'm Dyson Dan. Okay, really? It could be anyone. Mark Williams. I don't know, Jalen Duran. Like, these are lottery-type players, right? And From 1 to 14, right? I don't want those guys. Then I see people crying online. Like, why are people freaking out about this? Listen, bud. Even though you claim that he's not going to get better because he's 26 years old and any improvement now is not significant, listen, bud. You're a bum on social media. You have no good takes. I see people like this on social media. I'm like, why do you even come on this app? You're embarrassing yourself. Here's the thing. Yeah, sure, he's 26. But he's a 26-year-old that, uh, that's getting better as a basketball player. He's maturing in his role. He He's actually becoming much better. The Suns are utilizing him more. And yes, he's a 26-year-old, but he's a 26-year-old that was a former 11th overall pick that we were very excited to have. Point blank and simple, we made that, we made that, well, we, we made that deal because we knew we were going to win it. That's why you developed from 26, 2019 to now. It's been working out. Money been doing wonders in Having a leadership, having a mentor like Devin Booker and Chris Paul, that helps. Plus, I also just want to add that um, it's official that no way the Suns can be trading or will be trading Cam Johnson now. You want to know why? Because you can't split this duel up due to the fact that yesterday, um, Kellen Olsen tweeted if Cam Johnson gets dealt for tax relief, I'm dropping off the grid and moving to a small fishing village in Estonia. Mikkel Bridges, five hours later, said, me too. You don't break up that core like that. That's a bond right there. So, could I be reading into that? Yes. Do I read into everything? Yes. Will I stop reading into everything? No. And I believe right here 
Mikel would be devastated that his dynamic partner in basketball playing leaving would but just for him. You don't that that does that just doesn't happen. You can't split this duo up. You can, you won't. You can't and you won't. It will be such a horrible idea. Um, I, I think that would be a really bad idea. Because there's a lot of truth behind that. You can't be afraid of the electric tax. DA is going to move on either way. It could be, we know the Blazers are out, but it could be, who was it? Huh. It could be one, it could be one of the top teams. And I'm, I know the Pistons are up there. The Pistons can make a play for them. When we look at our mock draft in a little bit, um, you guys are going to be shocked and all, but I'm doing, I'm just doing this from a non-trading standpoint. I'll make, I'll make the tradable decisions when the time comes to, uh, tomorrow, right, for Thursday or even today, depending what time I have. But here's the thing. Um, I'm just going to keep it contained, no trades, going to make this a perfect world that everyone decided not to trade, which could work in theory, but you know there's going to be trades, so I'm going to make a new mock draft, incorporating trades, I think that would make sense, right? And I also want to get into something as I'm trying to find out this stat that I've been, what, posting... Not that much, really, but I don't know. Uh, I, f I found it. I did repost it or retweet it, rather. I, I say I quoted a tweet or something. And I may not have it after all. Sorry guys, I saw I had this pulled up in my notes. Beer thing. Pacers, not a really big thing. You know the Pistons are going to be number one. You know Kate Cunningham and uh, Dion Jam will work. But uh, I just don't want to move off of him. Look, the Suns don't have good odds of retaining him. Right here it is. So you got the Hawks, Raptors, and Pistons leading the charge to acquire the big man. I posted on June 16th. Five, I'm sorry, six days later, nothing's really changing. Six days later, nothing changes. The big man's still being pursued by those three teams. The Trailblazers, they dropped out. Smart. Don't got all assets. Don't care. But you want to know something really scary that um, that was posted yesterday, and it was per ESPN. I think it was like Brian. It was per Brian Windhorst or something. I think so. My apologies if I got that source wrong, but it was that the Sixers and the Suns are showing interest in trading for Eric Gordon. Yay! The Suns keep getting interesting. Because we want to trade for eighth, get rid of Cam, re-sign DA, 
in trade for Aaron Gordon. Why would you want to trade for Aaron Gordon? You have to give up a first a first rounder, first round pick. You have to. That's an issue. Again, why do you want Aaron Gordon? He's past his prime. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to pull up his stats real quick. He's not good anymore. He's not good for a first rounder. He's just a 33-year-old that's floating around on a poor team. Sure, he's been committed to that team since 2016, but still, he's on choice. He's declining. The last time he put up 13.4 points or anything below 14 points in the season was back in 2014 um, as one of the final seasons with the New Orleans Pelicans. But come on. He's declining. He's declining rapidly. He doesn't provide anything. He's just a small forward slash shooting guard. I'm not I'm not thrilled in that one. I don't see the I, I don't see it. Another news uh the Sixers are linked to Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker. What what you think that uh, PJ Tucker's gonna help you? No. At that point, I just keep Danny Green. Right? I would rather take an out of commission, out of the year, Danny Green over PJ Tucker. Because Danny Green, from the silence, would be more beneficial and have a bigger impact than PJ Tucker. I mean that. But it, it gets very interesting. You don't want to avoid the tax, guys. Come on, pay it. That's the one component I always had about this team. They're always in love about, oh, we don't want to go over the tags. We don't want to go into the luxury. Shut up and just pay it. You guys are big boys. You guys are rich enough to do it. If you want if you want to be a winning team, because the Suns' chances of winning a title, their gap is closing because everyone's getting stronger, healthier, and come back better than ever than two seasons ago than last season. So they got stuff they got to take care of. That is without fail. Now, speaking of things that will be taken care of, are you ready for this? Andrew Wiggins and the Warriors are expected to discuss a contract extension this summer. You know, guys, this was... This was good. This was bound to happen. This is bound to happen. Why? Because Andrew Wiggins been reformed and transformed into one of the best wing players. One of the best from the rise and fall of Andrew Wiggins to the rise and fall of rise of Andrew Wiggins. He's one of the best. He's one of the best wing players. I truly, truly do believe that. I've always been the biggest fan of Andrew Wiggins, but now I am. I'm happy that he's getting a second chance. I don't know how much the money is going to be, but who cares? You win your first championship, and now you could be getting paid money, like a lot of money. That is huge. And also... Let's just say this, Jordan Poles 
Warriors contract extension could exceed a hundred million dollars. Because Jordan Poole is also playing very well. So between Jordan Poole and uh, Andrew Wiggins, they the Warriors will be going deep into making sure that hey, we're gonna lock up our team. We gotta do it this way. It has to be this way. Because it's the only way that works. Now I don't know the money that Wiggins could get, but Poole likely will start around four years a hundred million dollars, right? I don't know how much, but you know it's gonna be a multi year contract. And both of those guys are worth it. Andrew Wiggins especially because he's had a much harder journey, a much harder road. And he's been able to grow into that. And personally, guys, that is huge to see. Andrew Wiggins has been striving. And he's gotten the last laugh for everyone I called him out. He's been having a transcending career, a basketball-changing career, right? Ever since leaving the Timberwolves and joining the Warriors, he's been great. He's been healthy. He's been in action. He deserves a contract. His past performance was outstanding. And it just goes to show when you have a good team, when you have a good coach, when you have motivators, impactors, factors that are amazing that you need to have as the developing and or struggling player. You're not in some cruddy team known as Minnesota. Well, back then. And egos were running high. When you actually have a selfless team to play for, it changes everything. It changes the way you play, and it benefits you greatly. That is why he is worth every single penny he's going to get. Jordan Poole, four years, $100 plus million. Dollars, I'm okay with that. Because you're going to, I would give him between 25 to $35 million per year. You heard it here. I think he's going to get that. 25 to $35 million per year for four years. That is is where I'm at. And I believe I believe the Warriors would do that too because they're not afraid of the luxury tax. They're not afraid to keep the core intact. And why give up on something that you battled for for the past three years to achieve another championship? That's huge. That's a grind. That's a journey. And it's going to be rewarded with big payouts or big paydays to Andrew Wiggins and potentially... Jordan, Poole, which I like a lot. Both of these guys I've really liked. Now, there are teams that are hoping to create money, free up some cap. That is going to be through the Knicks. And that is going to be by trading Alex Burks and Nerlens Noel. Yeah. They're trying to hope they're gonna hope to create $25 million in cap space by trading Burks and Noel. I don't even know if this is newsworthy. Because here's the thing. These guys aren't worth anything. I'm sorry. Noel well, maybe 28. Former six overall pick out of the 2013 NBA draft. But uh, in 22 minutes. This bum only averaged three points of five rebounds. Yeah. Um, it's not like they're asking a lot from him. It's just want him to get a little a little over. But we're not we're we're not asking much for that. 
It's ridiculous if you think about it. Again, Alex Burks, 40 years old, 11 points. Come on, man. It's actually, it's, just, it's not a lot of money he has. But, look. You create the cap space, and they're going to try to go after, they're going to try to acquire Jalen Brunson. But now, I don't know if Jalen Brunson is going to be available. You want to know why? Because he, and it was reported that close teammates and close sources, close people, um, Jalen Brunson said, it's a done deal. And he wants to come back to Dallas. Dallas Richard never gave him the contract because he didn't think it was worth it. Then he had to prove it season. He was huge up against the Suns and pretty much in the postseason. Fizzled out against the Warriors, but most teams do, right? I'm going to take the Warriors out of it. He's had a great regular season. Jalen Brunson deserves the money. And now the Mavericks are going to be like, we're not going to be a fool. We're not going to let this guy go. We can't let this guy go. He's 25 years old. He was a steal back in the 2018 NBA draft. He was the 33rd pick in the second round. He's been instrumental. Averaged 16 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, and almost steal per game off of 50% from the field and 37% beyond, uh, beyond the arc. And that was completing his fourth season and playing a career-high 79 games. The closest he's ever been to 82 games was back in 2018 with 73. That that tells you all right there. He's been improving from 9 points to 8 points to 12 points to 16 points. It helps you have the right head coach, the right players, and the right opportunity. Just like a player I mentioned, <coughs> Andrew Williams. So, that. But it, it just makes sense. It really does make sense. So I can see why the Knicks are going after him. I don't think it's I don't think they're gonna get him. I think he's ultimately gonna go back to Dallas. Dallas would not want to give that up. But you know, as all things being considered, you are being Dallas the situation, the Washington situation, because the Wizards are hosed. I'm not even kidding you, because Brad Beal is said to become an unrestricted free agent after declining his player option with the Wizards. And I think that what was what, like a $30 million, yeah, it was a $36 million player option. He's entering unrestricted free agency. Um, but here's the thing. I'm not going to get too excited about that because he released a tweet last night saying, wait, huh, laugh out loud. It's like he's denying it. Beal seems to be denying it, that he's declining his first $6 million player option. I wish these rumors are true because now he's skeptical, which you remember when, Dame, when people were trying to put a false narrative out that Damian Lillard wanted out? While he was at the USA Olympics and stuff, or with team you the uh, team USA at the Olympics, right? It's like yeah, no, I'm denying that. It could be the same situation, but here's the thing: this will be great for him because you can get out of. Well, we have to go sacrifice now because um, I I I, I accepted the first million dollar. 
playoffs in a playoff for a really bad team. They're not the best team in the world. They're getting better, but they're not great by any stretch of imagination. And you know teams like the Lakers and Nets will be trying to get their hands all over him. Maybe not so the Nets, maybe not so much the Nets, maybe more so the Lakers. They were a big a big team around him last season when things came up, especially the trade line. Oh, so there's conflicting stuff, but he, but there's also tension. It's always tension between the two sides, but Brad Bill seems to be denying it. I really wish I would have retweeted that tweet because I did see that before. I, I don't know why I didn't, but that's all right. So I'm actually going to Brad Bill now because I want to see if he deleted the tweet, like uh, Dio did, but. No, he kept it. He kept it from last night. I don't know about this, guys. I... Like, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, nah, Is it bad? Is it good? I say you deny it, you try to sign a new contract with someone else. Now, would it be like a sign-in trade? No, because if he denies it, he's an unrestricted free agent. So there would be no sign-in trade. There wouldn't be a trade. He's unrestricted as a free agent. It's going to be tough. If I'm him, I leave. I know loyalty's there, like Damian Lillard, right? Like Devin Booker, Stephen Curry. Um, and maybe even, to a certain extent, Brad Beal. Because Brad Beal's been there for a while. He's been in there for, I have to say, over eight years. I'm fact-checking that right now. And yes, I fact-check myself. Deal with it. He's been there since 2012. He's been there for nine years. Make it double digits to ten if he stays. Because we're report surfaced. But reports surfaced that Brad Beal is declining his $36.4 million player option for 2022-23 NBA season. That means he'll hit our search for agency, but apparently that's brand new news to Brad Beal himself. Uh, Michael Scotto reported it, linking it to Hoops Style, or I'm sorry, Hoops Hype, and I can't read. And Brad Bill's like, yeah, no. He's like, wait, huh? Question mark. Laugh out loud. Huh. That one seems sketchy to me. Um. Yeah. I I'm not going to say either way. I don't think. Yeah, you know what? I'm not saying he, he should leave. But I don't know. I don't know. Because I say you leave, but he could be loyal. I guess they're going to try to stay loyal. I, I, I don't know. All I do know is that you got one end of the spectrum where you don't know where he's going to be going because he could go right to free agency, but there could be a loyalty issue. Where you got a guy like John Wall 
who accepts a $47.4 million player option for 2022-23 season, but the but the Rockets are working towards a buyout if a trade can't be found. Now, the Rockets almost traded back for Russell Westbrook uh, last season during a trade deadline. Sending could I could have been sending John Wall to the Lakers, but the Lakers did not like that trade and they declined in the final minutes or when all that stuff was spewing out of the rumor mill and report mill right over 20, 30 minutes to go. It gets really interesting because now things become a full circle where that trade's actually acceptable because now Russell Westbrook could be on his way back to either the Wizards, that's a trade-off, or a trade destination for him, if the do try to trade him, or with the Rockets. Both teams he's had his stint with, whether that be two seasons, three seasons, or one season, right? It's not make a huge difference, but... I think the Rocks would be digging a bigger grave if they got back Westbrook. But at least they're getting something in return. At least they're getting something in return. Instead of a buyout, you endure all that money. But then you just let the player go. Unless there'll be less drama. But this has been the easiest money a man's ever made in the history of the world. He gets to sit at home, injured, not his fault. But still gets to make money off the of guaranteed contracts and stuff. To me, that's that's funny. That's pretty awesome. Um, real quick, with that being said, I'm gonna keep moving through because that's pretty much it. The Rockets are just gonna be working towards a bio, but Trey can't be found. It's as simple as that. We've been seeing it for the past few seasons. Why would it trade why would it change now? Now, Nick Bottom is set to become a free agent after declining his player option with the Clippers. Many guys have been picking up their player uh, player options. Many have been declining them. Many have been stalling on them. I don't know. I, guys been everywhere. Guys have been everywhere. With picking up player options, settling on them, or saying no, rejecting them, being unrestricted free. I don't know. But now Nick Baum's afraid. And it's not like he's the biggest name out there, but he is better than PJ Tucker, right? So there are guys out there. But you're the same. Just because my guy Nicholas Bottom is opting out of his Clippers contract. Doesn't mean he wants to leave. Per ESPN, Nicholas Bottom, or Nick Bottom, declines his option but wants to stay with the LA Clippers. Because his player option was just $3.3 million. Here's the thing uh, per ESPN, there's expected to be mutual interest with the Clippers and Bottom are reaching a new deal in July. July is when free agency begins. Right. Bottom is older. Right, he, he's entering his fifteenth NBA season. But he's had a great run with the Clippers so far, and there's mutual interest for them to both continue. 
I say you keep it going. You try to meet. You try to find a common ground. So don't say it will be hard. Bottom Nick Bottom knows that his time is expiring. He's trying to win a championship. Trying to at least contend for the playoffs. And while Trigger, I think he's just going to stay with the Clippers. Because he is 33 years old. He's getting up there in age. He's been with the Clippers since 2020. Yeah, he's been in the league since 2008. So that's pretty much it. I was trying to find something more to chalk commentary on. But that's pretty much it. Now, getting into some of the NBA draft news because we're getting to we're getting into that. And we already kinda of got into some of that with the Phoenix Suns and stuff. Incorporating a different team, different angles, draft just stuff like that. But now the Thunder are trying to move up from the number twelve from number twelve with Jaden Ivey and Shadon Sharp targeted. Ivy could go as high as number four, while Sharp has the range between four and eight. Four days, so and the Suns have a chance they let's say that rumor is even somewhat true or completely true and they get the eighth overall pick. They could pick themselves up sharp. They wanted to. I don't know if it'll fit. I have to look at that one. But yeah, I'm coming out of a new mock draft there tomorrow. That's gonna uh pretty much look at how teams would operate if, if trades were allowed. This is a non-trade uh mock draft. But but I guess actually really interesting. And with that news, I'm just gonna head into the uh 2022 NBA mock draft, my first one I have. And um, like I said in the beginning of this podcast episode, guys, I'm going to get into more detail about these guys tomorrow, right, on the day of the draft. But for topic of the day, we do have um, an interesting guy, an interesting guy um, in Jabari, uh, Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren. Why? Because they're both supposed to go number one. But who's the better number one? We're going to talk about that in the topic of the day. But real quick, guys. I'm going to give you the 14. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to maybe switch around a few things, maybe. But here we go. Um, so the first overall pick belongs to uh, Orlando Magic. I gave them Jabari Smith. He's a great fit. He's a forward. But the... Honestly, oh, they need a full. They need more players. They they need more depth at that position, right? I I one hundred percent agree with that. It because it, it, it gets interesting. Like, when do you want Chet or do you want Jabari? And but here's the thing, Orlando continued the trend pattern. Just they're just shuffling through the deck of. Big man at that position. While Chet is good, I'd rather take the power forward Jabari Smith. Why? Because you take a power forward, one card journey, you got some Okeke and Schofield. Schofield, I'm sorry, I'm pronouncing names wrong and stuff. My apologies. But you're saying, 
you get Jabari Smith. Chet Holmgren is a stick. Like, hold on, I'm going to pull up a photo real quick. He's a great guy. He's a unicorn. He really is, but he's got no meat on those bones. He's got no muscle. Meaning, like, it's not Jabari Smith muscle. Like, there, there is a difference. There, there is a clear difference. Like, the guy's going to put on a lot of pounds. He's going to put on muscle, right? Maybe Chuck can do the same, but you want to stop shuffling through the deck of big men at that position, you get a power forward. Because point guard's covered with uh, Cole Anthony, then the rotation being Martel Fultz. Shooting guard is covered with Jalen Suggs. Small forward's covered with Franz Wagner. Power forward, it's F, it's iffy. With uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Then the center, eh, I hate Robin Lopez. I don't know why they have him on there. Then you got the brother, Mo Wagner, other than Mo Bamba. I say you take Jabari Smith. It would make the most sense, but now, do we want to make sense? But, sir, and honestly, moving on, Jabari Smith went to the Magic. Why? Because of big man issues. Because they have not found their big man in the future. OKC Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder, are having the same issues. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna pick the you're gonna pick the young guy, the 19-year-old out of Gonzaga, Chet Holmgreen, who's a center by the way, who's a pretty good, somewhat traditional he's like a combination of traditionalist and modernist in the sense of NBA. And being a big man, right? They need to find their future big man. That's what the, that's what the Thunder need. They have their point guard, Shaco Alexander. They have their shooting guard, Lou Dortz. Josh Giddy. Oh, that guy. 2021 draft pick. Um, but then when you, you see, like, Robinson, Earl, and Basley as, like, your power forward center, that's not good. Derek Favor is not going to cut it. Roby's not going to do it. Uh, Muscala, Muscala, or something like that. It's not going to cut it. That's why you get the center, Chet Holmgreen. You could have gone with Paleon, Paleon Bashiro. I hope I'm saying this guy's name right. Again, I'm not good with names. It's been a tough day. You could go with those two, but here's the thing. Chet Holmgreen is the unicorn. Chet Holmgreen is the unicorn. He's something, he's a big man that, I have they we haven't seen much of because everyone loved Evan Mobley, but I actually believe that from a skills perspective in college, Chet Holmgreen, Chet Holmgreen's actually better. But I don't have to compare the two, but he's the unicorn for sure. That's why he goes number two. He's a top two guy. Now you're saying could Chet Holmgren fall out? Of number two, yeah. Yeah. If the Magic, like, pull a wild card, then yeah. They pull the rug from under our feet, yeah. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing everyone's got everyone's to gotta remember here. Shet's good. Jabari's better. But if the Magic pass on Jabari and Chet and want to go, like, I, I, I don't know, like, Vincero, uh, Bashero, 
or Ivy or Murray or whatever those guys are, right? Whatever they're listing. Wait. I'm just saying, if they have like a different guy uh, in mind, then they're going to do it, but... Look, here's the thing. Um, they, could, they could try to get Jaden Ivey, right? He's actually top 10 NBA draft prospect. He's actually number one. He's ahead of uh, Chad. He's ahead of Patio. He's ahead of Jabari. He's ahead of Sharp, Griffin, right? He's ahead of Murray, Ty Ty, uh, Washington Jr. Right? He's ahead of all these different guys. He... he he is a riser, right? As same with Dyson Daniels and Patrick Baldwin Jr. All those different guys, there are risers. I'm, 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 I'm not willing to, I'm willing to admit that. But here's the thing. Here is the absolute thing I need everyone to understand. If the rug was going to be pulled, they wanted to go for like Jane Ivy, for example. I'm just using an example. Um. You won't see Chad going number two. You probably see him going number three, right? You want to? Well, I don't know because he's not. It's tough, but you know Jabari Park. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Jabari. Oh my, I'm having a brain break. This is like so sad. I'm sorry, Jabari Smith going number two. Then the Rockets have the first overall pick, like they did last year, having at least in the top three. Did they have a loss? I'm sorry, they had number two. My apologies. Yeah, if I'm thinking about that correctly. Yeah, had a top three. Sorry, I'm having a brain break because I'm also reading stuff too. Um. Just about the Rockets and the um, recent draft picks. But it, it just gets interesting. Chet's good. He's top three. Not so, it's not a locked in top two. But he's a, he's a locked in top three. Right? But then for the third overall pick, I actually have the Rockets taking Paolo Barchario. Why? Well, for example... They need a power. They they need a talented guy, a talented big man, but a power, power, power. While power forward would be the logical fit. Yeah, remember, you get Barcharia. You're pretty much taking. You got rid of Christian Wood, right? You bring in this six foot ten power forward that's going to explode in this league. I, I truly do believe that. And again, I'm going to get into all these guys' different specialties, abilities, skills, and everything like that, pros and cons, and tomorrow's podcast episode. Plus, um, I'm also going to put together different articles. It's just easier sometimes to speak it. But right, you guys can understand that. Now, to, speaking about Jay and Ivy, I'm giving him to the Sacramento Kings. I'm sorry. Sorry. Here's the thing. The Kings needs our, our point guard. Eh, point guard. 
a shooting guard. They're, they're in the move for a guard, right? They got the Aaron Fox, good. Uh, they got Davion Mitchell, good. 24-year-old. They got, oh, oh, excuse me, Justin Holiday. Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, my. I have the hiccups. Uh, my apologies. Dante DiVincenzo. Fail Milwaukee Buck to a certain extent. But he's 25. He's kidding. How many points? Seven. 27 to 10 points per game. Okay, that's bad. Um, That's not a starter. That's not even a backup. And you have uh, Jeremy Lamb. Okay, kind of, I guess. He's third string now. Yeah, so you go with Jane Ivy. Yeah, you go with Jane Ivy without fail. Because Sacramento is aiming for a puff berth. And if you're in a mentality to get the best player possible that's available, you go with Jane Ivy. Now, could you make a could you try to I don't know make a debate or make an argument or something very crafty? To have Keegan Murray or Johnny Davis selected? No. Maybe. But you got some bonus at the power four. You got Harrison Barnes a small forward. I don't think that'll work. Honestly. I think your best bet would be Jane Ivy because you need to strengthen the you need to strength strengthen the guard position. More, more so the shooting guard position because Jeremy Lamb, Don DiVincenzo, and Justin Holiday. As much as I like those guys, they are not my favorite guys to be leading a Kings team or any team. I would take Jane Ivey. He would be he would be ready. I 100% agree with that. I believe it's 100% possible without fail. But... I, I, I don't know. You take Jane Ivy. That's who you take. Again, I'll be explaining this more to, in tomorrow's episode, but this is just a very rough mock draft. It gets us familiar. So I hope you guys know a little bit about these guys. So I'm going to explain a little more tomorrow. I'm going to explain a lot more tomorrow, but just giving a rough mock draft. Now, speaking about Keegan Murray, for the fifth pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Keegan Murray out of Iowa. He's a good, good forward. Again, Keegan Smith, rated number 7 in the top 10 NBA draft prospects, brought to you by CBS Sports. I really looked at CBS Sports and different guys like that. Like here, I'm trying to find I'm uh, Keegan Keegan in, on, for FantasyPros.com, he actually went number 6 to Nenean Pacers. Now, the Pacers would be ecstatic to grab a, a player of Murray's caliber, right? Because you're saying you have to fill out the depth. You have to fill out the depth for forward with a backcourt to make it more elite, right? He, he's a great defensive guy, and he has an excellent touch on the ball. He has a, he just like when he gets the ball, he's able to do incredible stuff. So I do agree with fancy pros on that. Now, what I if I'm 
Now, is Keegan Smith the guy? Or, I'm sorry, Keegan Murray the guy over Dyson Daniels? Look, I get it. The Pistons need a player with a point guard size who could play off the ball, work as a second side creator. I just don't know. Like, unless you're going to try to get rid of, like, Corey Josephs or Lee or Killian Hayes. I don't know, though. It just depends what you draft for. It really depends what you draft for. Now, Dyson Daniels could easily ease off the pressure for Kate Cunningham, which would be an ideal move for the Pistons. But I'm not factoring trades, but if you were to trade away Jeremy Grant, that's what I'm thinking, like, okay, Keegan Murray... Like, come on, Keegan Murray's good. He averaged 23 points per game and 8 rebounds per game in 35 games he played. The sophomore's good. That's why I took him. That's why I took him. It, it, it made the logical sense. So you can either do Dyson Daniels or Keegan Murray. Now, my, my rough mock draft has... Dyson Daniels going all the way up to, all the way down to 11. To the Knicks, right? Now, hold on, I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to that real quick. Because I, I, I actually have something here. So they say I might have made a mistake. I'm going to explain that, but, but number six, I have Johnny Davis forward out of Wisconsin going to the Indiana Pacers. I, I don't know. People. John, Johnny Davis. I probably. I probably put. I probably gave him a really nice pick. Because there are multiple mock drafts. Professional mock drafts done. To have Johnny Davis going. Beyond 10th, 11th and beyond. Right. It's going down the board. He would make a good suit for the Knicks. I do think Ty Ty Washington Jr. is better, but Dickie and Dyson Daniels. Uh, I might have made a mistake, but I do think Johnny Davis is worth it. I think Johnny Davis is worth to be put in the top ten. I truly do. I probably am stretching it a lot with the sixth pick. Probably get away with it. It was like the ninth, but I want to take a risk, right? I was giving him to the Pacers because he's a guy that averaged 19 points per game, eight rebounds, two assists, one steal, and almost one block per game. He has excellent shooting, and he's a great playmaker. The Pacers need that. Like, the Pacers right now don't have the greatest lineup in the world. Now, they do need a big. They need a big. I I think Johnny Davis could do that because how tall is he? 6'5". Eh, not the biggest guy in the world, but it's where he would work. I think even though I'm rating him very high, and I know I'm taking a risk on that, that would jeopardize the rest of the draft in, in theory. I do think getting a small four is perfect because you need to fill out that depth too for both four positions because who? Taylor, 
Brissett, Durant, uh, Durant, I'm sorry, I can't pronounce that. Right? So you got that going. But then you also have Tyrese Halliburton. So it gets tough. We also have T.J. Warren coming. It just depends who they trade. But in ideal world, no trades. I would still take Johnny Davis. I really, really would take Johnny Davis. Stretching it, but I would. And then for the 8th pick, I'm sorry, for the 7th pick, I would finally take Sharp. You know, the guy that would go between 4 to 8, I'm taking with 7th. Now, many people think that, oh, maybe A.J. Griffin should go 7th. Maybe, but you know what? I, I, I think Sharp going to the Portland Trailblazers would really make sense for the Blazers for a couple of reasons. Right? He's athletic. Like, I know we say that a lot, but here's the thing. He's ranked second in his position. He's athletic with size. He has great finishing ability, and his shot-creating abilities and playmaking potential is tremendous and has great upside. I would take that within a heartbeat, especially for a Chauncey Billups team that is in the rebuilding stages that may not have a clear future with Damian Lillard, which I don't know if would be the case or not, but I have to get back to you guys on that. And with a team that's in complete rebuild mode, Shadon Sharp would be the guy, would be the shooting guard that would help. Come on. They're commencing a full rebuild with or without Damian Lillard. Because here's the thing, you will want to build around Sharp. He's one of those young players that when he has elite athleticism and he has great upside and shot creating and playmaking, you do not pass that up. I don't care who you are. That's why you take the forward out of Kentucky. That's why you do. That's why you don't. That's why you just don't try to settle for developmental projects. Sharp is not a developmental project. Sharp are is a guy. That is a target, it has a target on his back that is pretty much signaling that he's NBA ready, that he's talented enough to be NBA ready. And that's what the Blazers want to focus on. Because if you want to go a different small forward, you could try to say, why don't you just get Dyson Daniels out of the NBA G League from the 19? Uh, no. If you want NBA ready, I, I take Sharp. Sorry, sorry, I just, I will. Seriously, saying, I, I just don't know where, Dice, Dice and Daniels is an interesting one. I, I will give everyone that. I'm trying to see where Dice and Daniels is even at. So I'm looking on the CBSSports.com draft. Try to see where he goes. He went number six to the Pacers. My number six was Johnny Davis. Was that good, bad? I, I like to say it was good. I like to say it was good. That brings us to the eighth pick from that's pretty much was circulating with the Suns. He's picked Boston, New Orleans, Pelicans. I think 
Jeremy still can. So I can. I'm sorry. Still can. I'm gonna. Jeremy still can. Again, I apologize if I'm, if I'm botching names. Is a great addition. Why? He's a shooting guard that's ranked fourth in his position. Sure, he wasn't averaging a lot of points, but he was good rebounding. He he worked. He's a six foot nine power forward. And it, it's a stretch to put him at eighth because he's not a great offensive player. Shooting is not his forte, but he's a great defender. And Pelicans right now need to go on a defensive end. They don't need another offensive guy. If you get a good defensive player, if you get a good defensive player, that's all you need. I'm not kidding you. Because you guys have to remember, this team's a load of offense. If Zion Williamson comes back or not. Right, doesn't matter. They need a defensive guy. They need that perimeter, inside the paint, gritty gutty, hustling rebound guy that will do the job done. They'll get the job done excellent. They'll just do it right the first time. That's why I would pick Jeremy Sokan. Because he's that guy. Take stats out of it. There's a reason why he's in the top 5 for his position. That's why he's in the top 12 for his prospect rank. There's a reason why. Sometimes you get out of the mindset of always offense. You go into the defensive mode. You go into defense. You think, okay... How can I get better from this? How can I get better? And I believe Jeremy would do that for you. They're moving on down for the ninth pick. We have from the San Antonio Spurs, Benedict Marf Matthew a uh, Matthewin. Benedict Matthewin. It's gonna be a real long day. See, I, I probably put him down too low. Again, CBS Sports. So I was going to be a fifth pick. Supposed to go from the first eight. It's not a stretch to put him at ninth, right? Look. Because reporter, I can see why he went fifth. He, because he did blow away teams and workouts and interviews. He, he has a great shooting ability. He has versatility. He has a versatile defensive powerhouse to him. He's that type. He's pretty much a motor that never ends. He's always a guy that would be never out of gas, always like the Energizer button, and never ending. Again, for the Spurs, that would be huge. They need another defensive guy. Got offense guys. You have like a blend. You need a blend of both. And that's what you're going to get out of Benedict Marfurin. Marfurin. Now, for the 10th pick, I gave the Wizards Ty Ty Washington Jr. The 11th pick, I gave the Knicks Tyson Daniels. Personally, I think I made a mistake. I think I should have swapped that. Gave Ty Ty Washington Jr. to... Uh, New York and New and well, Dyson Daniels to Washington. 
I think that would have been the better thing. Nick should have had Ty Ty Washington Jr. I just saw Tyson Tyson Daniels was going to be better. But I think I was wrong. I think in this instinct, instance, you go with Ty Ty Washington Jr. Because, look, the Knicks have struggled from a point guard position for what feels since Carmelo, maybe? I, I don't know. They've never had a good point guard. So, you got good depth. But, stop. This is a. Ty Ty Washington has great. Ex, he has fantastic playmaking skills. And I didn't know this, but he has a 27% assist rate. That was 11th in the SEC. So, here's the thing about Washington. He's a great playmaker that's able to pull out some scoring ability. And it's said that he can ease the pressure off lone playmaker RJ Barrett. So it's like they can complement each other. So I think I'm actually going to swap that. from Tyson, So Dyson Daniels is going to go 10th. Ty Ty Washington Jr. is going to go 11th. Because there's going to be a lot of great complementing pieces there. There's going to be a lot of good playmaking skills there. He's going to be like a better version of Ricky Rubio that can shoot. That's how I'm viewing him. Now, is that a fair assessment? I don't know. Just depends. How one looks at this, right? And then for the final three, because I'm going to get through this for 12 to 14. Uh, 12, which uh, is owned by the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have two picks. The only team to have two picks is the entire lottery draft. So they have 2 and 12. They will pick Jalen Duran, power forward. So they went center with Chet Holmgren. Or then now they're going to power forward with Jalen Duran. Not bad. Mark Williams goes to the Hornets at number 13. And then Micaiah Malaka Branham. Names are not my strong suit. Like, names are not my strong suit. And I'm sorry if I botch a majority of these guys' names. It's either that I'm an idiot or I really just cannot pronounce well. Either way, it's not a good look. Um, real quick, guys, before we move on, because that was just my quick mock draft. I know it's not the most exciting thing in the world, but we're going to get better things today and tomorrow out as content on this site and on the podcast as a whole. Um... But before we get into that, I forgot to begin the show. We did not run through social media, Substack, Patreon, stuff like that. I'm going to do that real quick. If you guys don't mind, if you do mind, just like skip to like 75 minutes to show. Just go to that. It's probably going to take me about five minutes. And if I shut up and actually talk about it, it would be a lot quicker. But who knows? So I've been talking about for the past few days, especially since saying, well, hey, I'm back on the podcast, and I'm going to record the draft. I'm going to cover it. I'm going to cover real good. I just am. Just that good. I'm going to cover real good. And so for Wednesday, Thursday, for so today and tomorrow, I'm going to be covering on Twitter. You can find us at, at, at Quartzite Heat. I'll do some things on Instagram and Facebook. i got to get back at the phone. thing is that. And for Instagram, it's Instagram.com slash Quartzite Heat NBA. 
for Facebook, it's just facebook.com slash Courtside Heat. Truth Social, yeah, I may get back into that. It just depends if I want to be bothered by politics or not. Pretty much. That's pretty much it. Right? So I'm going to be covering the draft. I'm, gonna, I'm always there on Twitter. I'm always active on Twitter. We're also active on CourtsHeat.com. We're also active on Substack. CourtsHeat.substack.com. Also, guys, branching off of Twitter and just me having my creative juices going and without a script, I remember that we have a newsletter. I said to you guys, and, and I know some people were pointing it out, that today should be the day that it's released. We're releasing, yes, we are releasing officially official newsletter to the public after using MailChimp for some time. Newsletters will come out Wednesday and Friday mornings. Subscribe. See y'all later. Or see y'all soon. That's what I said. However, it's not starting this Wednesday because that would have been tricky with my schedule and everything. Plus the draft coming up. I was going to do it Friday morning when the draft is over. Right? You guys can then get my drafting expertise, right? That would be exciting. So, y'all should be excited for that. If not, just lie to me. If you guys even open the email, right? Um, whatever tickles or fancy. But yeah, all joking aside, this is like a huge mass update. So it's not starting today. It's not starting this Wednesday. Starting this Friday, which is in two days. So be prepared for that. Be excited for that. And also, guys, as always, remember to support us on Patreon. It's just patreon.com slash courtsideheat. Um, I'll post it again down below on any podcasting platform that there is. It will be the same. Just scroll down, and there it is. I don't care if you're on a tablet, desktop, a computer, of any kind, high-tech, I don't know, uh, phone. We'll be here. We have a ready. Right? I'm I'm not suggesting that. Oh, uh, well. It's only going to be available for some. I'm just saying it'll be there. We would truly appreciate if you guys can support us. It'll help us continue to get out all these different podcast episodes, uh, content, on social media and on the site and pretty much everywhere else. So that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. With all that being said now, guys, so it actually only came out to like three to four minutes. I don't know. I hope you guys didn't skip past too soon. If you did, just hit back the 30-second mark, right? Or if you're already here, don't do that unless you want to listen to me beg for money, right? It's always a saying. Cue the crying music. And I wish I was kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. So here, I'm just going to delete a few things real quick. So if you guys hear my mouse, it's it's alright. It's not the first time you guys have heard it before. So guys, here we go. Let, let's jump into our topic of the day. Now, should this surprise some of us? No. Should this phase us? No. Here's, here's the same. Our topic of the day. Who's going number one? 
Smith or Holmgren? It's a very foul question. Both guys are very skilled at their position. Right? Now, I would just like to say, Chet Holmgren and Jabari Smith Jr., they're very interesting guys here. They just are. Because we have to remember this. You have, Jabari Smith is 6'10", right? We agree upon that. Chet is 6'11". Why am I saying that? These guys have incredible wingspan. Chet's, I believe, is a little longer yeah, by six inches. Here's the thing. Here's what I'm trying to drive at. They're both long. They're both, um... They're both, they're both long in a wingspan, length, different things like that. What I'm trying to say is here is that there's a huge physicality difference. Chet's physical... Jabari's physical, but if you had to put that in an NBA perspective, Chet has to grow muscle. He has to just get muscle. Like, you have to be... Like, he's defined, but he's not bulky. Jabari Park... I'm sorry, oh my... Jabari Smith Jr. is a little bulkier, meaning he can force a guy around. Like, you want to get physical? Like, let's just say there's, like, some other, like, little... Um, big man out there like Zubak, for example, or DeAndre Ayn, for example, or Anvil Zero guys, for example. Jabbar Jabbar Smith could take him. I'm not saying an altercation. I'm saying in a a big man to big man battle. Because here's the thing: Chet can't do that. It'll be a lot harder for him to do that, which is not ideal for a team. And the Magic need physicality. Teams need physicality. Chet's not that. And for a number one, you need a physicality to begin with. But now beyond, beyond just the physicality point, when you look at Smith, he is a nearly perfect prospect. Because this is what scouts dream of. This is what the Holy Grail looks like. This is what you see up in heaven. It's just a decked out... Jabari Smith at the power four position. He's considered an elite, sh uh, elite shooter, elite scorer, and by multiple attempts per game, he's shooting beyond 40% from free, from deep. He, he, he's, a, he's a terrific shooter. For being a power forward, he could do spot-up shots, catch-and-shoot shots, pick-and-pop shots. Like, he's doing stuff. Plus, he can even pull up off the dribble. He's doing this at 6'10". There's not many, too many 6'10 guys I'm thinking of right now. Maybe KD? I'm just saying. That, that's interesting. Like, for today's position as basketball, he's made for that because no one's defined that anymore. And there's no more defined positions. If he wants to play center, power forward, it works. Forward, center, it works. Small forward, power forward, it works. Because it can work. Because that's just who he is. Because he can, he can transition his game from being a college athlete 
to a pros athlete in a man's world in in the world of National Basketball Association, right? So he could take that. He's also a finisher of both hands, and he can play above and below the rim with which is quote unquote with ease. And many sites have quoted that. Many scouts have quoted that he has had great. He's had great turnouts. He's had great showings. He, I believe he's blown away teams. He's just a gifted athlete. Like he, his athleticism gives him a huge edge over Holmgren. You know he's not going to shy away from contact. He's just not. You know he's going to be like, okay, I got soft athleticism. I got size that I'm going to be able to draw fouls, play physical, get up in the guy's face and be like, you want to go? I'll drain this. I'll dunk this on you. I'll put you in a hurting. I'll put you in a beating you never imagined before. You're not going to get down with Chet, Chet Holmgren. You're just not. He's got a nice shooting touch. He could play in the mid-range. And I know the mid-range is not that sexy anymore. That people don't want to be singing in the mid-range anymore. It's all about the deep ball. It's all about shooting curry range freeze. And it's about dunking. But he has a great mid-range game. Do not take that for granted. He does. His dribble drive game is lacking. But if you need him to take a, a dribble or two. Or even three to four dribbles. He a create a little something. You set a nice screen for him. He gets that shot off. Whether that's uh, a mid or a mid range shot or a beyond the arc shot or around the arc shot, right? Look, he's just a really good athlete that is just so incredible for his size. I'm Team Jabari Smith. I I would make a compelling argument for Chet Holmgren to be number one, but you got a talented guy such as Jabari Smith. The only way Javari Smith does not get number one is if the Magic pulled the rug out of everyone, tried to go, and for example, a guy like Bacero or Ivy. That That's how you see it. That's how I see it. Beard is saying, do not discredit Chet Holmgren. He's, he has a 7'6 wingspan. His height is 6'11". His weight's only 195. You could, and also, you can tell the weight difference. One man weighs two, not 220. One man weighs 195. That is a difference. That plays a huge role into just the spectrum of everything, to the perspective of everything. But Chad is a unique prospect because he's a quote-unquote a rare unicorn because he could do everything on the court. He may not be that physical, but he is a... Or, He's going to be physically challenged in the NBA, but he's agile. He's a shot blocker and a force to be reckoned with. He's going to take it that by force. He will. And because this is a positionless league, a pos uh, positionless league, he's going to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to play the traditional big man role. I'm not going to play the traditional center role. I'm going to be incorporating like a little Chris Osford Zingas action where I can take those frees. Like I'm going to take one of those big man rules where I can incorporate those frees. 
Because a lot of big men now just incorporate the freeze. He is a good, good, good three-point shooter. He's a lethal. He'll make you pay with great accuracy. And he got the perfect kind of chef kiss shot that will pretty much be unguardable, unplayable. He's untouchable. When he gets a shot off, you better pray to the world that he can make that shot. Because the only way he beat the only way he gets beat is if he beats himself. And you can take that to the bank. Legit. Legit. Plus, he's also a great shot blocker. That's what a great wingspan gets. And he has a great wingspan over Jabari Smith. That's without fail. And he's always going to be known as a skinny big. He's not going to be known as like a Rudy Gobert. As a DeAndre Ayn. As a Kevin Durant. As, as anyone else, right? He's a skinny big. He lacks strength. He lacks weight. But he still controls the pain by being a legit rim protector. And people like NBADraftRoom.com is considering him the best in the nation when it comes to protecting the rim. He's legit on that. I've seen him play. I've liked what I saw. He, he, he's from Gonzaga. I kind of like that odds. So while he lacks in size, he's still a lead level prospect that can do things offensively and defensively. He is a unicorn. How many times can we say, hey, we found a unicorn guy. We found a unicorn player that can do things wonderfully and awe-inspiring on both ends of the court. And while skinny, being a skinny big, he could do a pull he could pull up from free, hit that. He can have a pull up too. Who can play the mid-range? He can drive a little bit. He's not gonna be physical, so you're not gonna see him bodying up guys in the post. I'm not expecting him to. He's gonna play not a traditional big, he's not gonna be a traditional big, not a traditional center, right? He's gonna be a modernist. He's gonna say, positionalist, perfect. I'm gonna say that okay, I'm gonna make this effortless shooting wise off the dribble a little bit by doing what I do best, being lethal, but then I can get back with my long legs, with my speed in in some ways, and just block that shot or have a very highly contested shot that will make your life an absolute nightmare. You're not gonna see them back guys down. You're not going to see him post guys up. Jabbar Smith could if he wanted to. But he's a wing scorer. He has that ability to score in the wing. Quote, unquote, elite. Again, you don't need to have your back to the basket to be good. You don't need to be a powerful post player. You don't need to be that at all. Funny part is, is that he's just going to roll. He's going to roll with the punches. He's going to grow muscle maybe. But you're not going to mistake him with LeBron. Okay, really never going to mistake a lot of guys with LeBron. But you're not even going to mistake him with Evan Mobley, last year's pick. You're not going to mistake him for that. But who would be better in the who would be better as a first overall pick? I take Jabari Smith. Chet's a solid free, not locked in for two, locked in for free, stretching it with a four or five. But he's a definite free, but not locked in for a two or, or a one. 
Jabari Smith is locked in for one. That is a fact. I truly do believe that with all my mind. Because Jabari Smith has proven it more. Plus, he's built like a tank, so why not? <laughs> right? Um, because I believe he's... the. Do you want to talk about three-point shooters? I say he's better. He's a better three-point shooter than Chet. I believe that he has a better catch-and-shoot game than Chet. I believe that defense goes to Chet. I will give him that. Blocks, I'll give him that. Uh, being a unicorn, I give Chet that. That can just do everything. But Jabari's ultra-talented. He's mega-talented. Like, he's... Super duper quadruple talented. And he has power over his opponents. That's going to translate well to the pros. He's going to be a guy that's going to be able to pick up and be picked up on his feet quick and not back down easily. Chet, he's going to have a struggle in the beginning, especially when physicality is a play. Because you're going into a man's league. You're not going into a boy's league trying to become a man. No, no, no. This is These are guys that work out religiously. That work out with a purpose to say, whoa, we're gonna we're not gonna be bullied, we are gonna be the bullies. That is how it's gonna be. So there are a lot of concerns. There are some concerns with Chet Holmgreen's Grant's um what was like his medical history. Like I don't think Chet has revealed that. And to be and to be quite frank, he doesn't wanna go number one. He doesn't want to be taken by the magic. He actually wants to be taken by the funder. But he's not really interesting some of his medical um information, if I'm understanding correctly. I have to read into that more. But Chad has a great vertical. He has a great battling above the rim. He can do, he can bow above the rim. He can bow below the rim. He is a great rim protector and a rim scorer. It just he's a unicorn. Same with Jabari Smith. Minus the unicorn part. These guys do lack skills in some areas. These guys do lack abilities in some in some shape, form, or fashion. Shape, form, or fashion. But I think it ultimately goes to Jabari Smith. I'll have to keep looking over it, see if my opinion changes. But I believe Jabari Smart's the smartest one. I believe that fully. I truly do. I really, really do. And with that being it, with that being said, guys. I hope that made sense. I hope this guy gives. I hope this gives you guys an early, early-ish sense on who should be number one. Cause people really only care about first round of the lottery picks, right? I get it. I'm excited for the draft. It's Wednesday. It's a beautiful morning. It's hot in here in Arizona. By the time this comes out, it'll be 8 a.m. Arizona time. Um, if you're from Texas, it'll be 10 a.m. If you're from Florida, it'll be 11 a.m., right? If you're from California, it'll be 8 a.m., if I'm thinking about that correctly. It is going to be very interesting, guys. Um, so with that being said, enjoy the 101-degree weather. If you're in Arizona, if you're in, I guess, New York, enjoy the rain and cloudiness and pretty much depression you call a state with it being so cloudy and low temperatures and rain 
Like humidity is 84%. I'm sorry for you guys. Uh, East Coast, enjoy the weather. Enjoy the beaches. Unless you don't got a beach. But yeah. Until then, guys. I'll be back with Thursday morning's podcast. We're going to get back to our normal schedule after the draft. But I just felt it was appropriate since I took so much time off that we are going to try to say, hey, we're going to get back to this, but first got to take care of the draft. The podcast episode will be every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So do not miss that. Pretty much we're in the wheelhouse of saying, hey, recovered Wednesday, covered Thursday, taking a day off, right? So I see things. So I see things a lot, but without without that, without further ado, guys, I'm gonna call the podcast episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. It has been great talking to you guys for an over an hour and thirty two minutes or whatever the recorded time is. As I will come back with you guys for the fabulous podcast episode Thursday morning with draft insight all day long. Beyond 3 o'clock because I have obligations set out between 12 to 3. So I won't be dead within that period. You won't hear anything from Cortina unless someone hacks into my account. Which will be very sad and very improbable. But still very depressing. So guys, without further ado. I'll catch you guys Thursday. Have a great day. um, And we'll just get ready for the draft. Until then, I will see you guys later.